So we're back now for the second part of our three-part series about building a lead generation machine. And the last episode was really discussing the state of print, the industry um, details, and a lot of data. So today we're going to make a transition. So if you're not a printer, this is still for you. If you are a printer, this is for you also. This is really just about taking any company, doesn't matter what shape, what size, what it looks like, what industry, and turning your company into a lead generation machine. Yep. So what are some of the signs that you might need a lead generation machine? Tell us if any of these sound familiar to you. Are you finding it harder to get in front of customers? Are people saying, we can't find any customers? We don't have enough leads. Our customers don't know what we do. Uh, you've got dissension between sales and marketing. They're disagreeing. Yikes. Yeah, like who's, who's at fault here? Um, you might be seeing swings in sales up one month, down the next, right? Those are all signs, some of the signs that what you might need is a lead generation machine. And ultimately, what is that designed to do? That allows you to have a mechanism that works 24-7. So even when you're not around, even when you're listening to this podcast, yep. even when you're on Facebook, because we have discussed previously that people are on Facebook a lot, mm -hmm. um, that you have a automated mechanism to continue to touch your prospective customers as well as your current customers. So lead generation machine is an idea, it's a concept, but it, it contains a lot of specific mm -hmm. elements to it. And that's what we're going to be sharing with you today. Yep. These are the types of things that uh, we suggest you start to do if you have any of those problems. And so then what is the output of a lead generation machine? So the output of a lead generation machine is obviously revenue and leads. But what that looks like tangibly on a day-to-day -day basis is opening up your email inbox. So you come in the morning at 7 and you have a crap load. Buttload. I was going to say a buttload, but then okay. it didn't feel natural. Okay. Uh, a crap load of emails in your inbox that are showing all the leads. So basically someone responding to your co content downloads, someone responding to your emails, someone downloading something off your website, people actively engaging with that machine, that 24-7 automated mechanism you set up. Now we use this here at Mindfire, we right? Do. We use a, our own flavor of a lead generation machine. Maybe we can put a snapshot of one of our inboxes in the blog post. Mm -hmm. People can take a look at that we and see what, what we're talking about. Now, a lead generation machine has a lot of different pieces to it. Yeah, right? so walk us through that. So a lead generation machine does have a couple of components. We're going to talk about a few of them today mm -hmm. and then the rest in the next episode as well. So don't miss out on that. So the first thing when you think about a lead generation machine is that you need to feed it with data. So if you think about what you're putting into it, it's data, it's customers, it's prospects. The output on the other end are quality leads and sales. And then everything in between is all the stuff that you're doing to actually generate those leads and create the uh, create the sales. Right. And just to clarify, by data, that also could be called lists. So a list of people that you're going to feed to the top of that machine. Yeah. So this might be data in your CRM. This might be data that you have um, on your pieces email? of paper. Yeah, in your email. There's a bunch of different places. Uh, we're going to get into those topics. But so the input that you're feeding your machine is this data, lists, prospects, customer data. The output are leads ching, and sales. Ching, ching. Yep, money. So we described an inbox that looks really great to you with lots of leads and incoming data. But then when you think about the lead gen machine constantly um, providing those leads, you don't just want leads, right? Cool. Leads are awesome. But we really want the revenue. And so a lead gen machine is going to give you the ability to work those leads through the funnel. So start them at the top, nurture them along the way, get salespeople involved, and then start to generate money from them. Yeah, and so using this same methodology, which we're describing here, we at MindFire have, what, 4X'd, 5X'd our leads with this, mm -hmm. and we've seen customers do the same as well. And also, by the way, not only have we 4 or 5X'd our leads, but it's also starting to turn into dollars. Oh, yeah, so that, that's which is ultimately what, what it's doing. all about. Yep. yep. So the first thing when you think about creating a lead gen machine, if you're thinking about this conceptually and you want to walk through this process with us, the first thing you should do, and again, we're touching the surface of this, right? We're yep. not going into all of the all of the details. We'll do that at maybe in a future episode. Yes. 
But the first thing you want to do is figure out who do you want to sell to and what are you going to be selling to them. So if you're a printer and you're listening to us, this could look like different vertical markets that you may want to go after. This could look like different uh, services that you want to offer to existing uh, customers. You really have to decide how uh, you want to go to market and, and who you're going to go after. If you're an enterprise or you're a corporate marketer or if you're a, a high-ed institution, you can think about that in the same way, basically figuring out who do you want to go after and how do you want to start to um, offer them value. Yeah, and what product do you want to bring to them specifically? I think it, it makes sense to start a little bit more targeted so that you can build that lead gen machine and then you can start to build other lead gen machines for different products and different offerings. So if you're following along with us mentally, think about that market and that service that you want to offer. Mm -hmm. Keep that in mind. Now, with that in mind, you want to start to consider both prospective customers and clients. Mm -hmm. To some degree, you, you have an opportunity to sell more to yeah, your existing clients, right? So consider both of those groups and then figure out where do we have that data? Yep. And where would that be? So there's a few different places where your data would be. Like we said before, it may be in a CRM. Um, it might be in your sales rep's inbox. It might be in a stack of note cards that you have. It might be business cards. It might be in an Excel document. Um, but basically what you want to start to do is get as much data as possible to build the client and prospect list. So, you know, what we hear a lot right here at McKinsey is like, this, this is just not going to work. This is too I, much. It's too hard to get the data. I don't know where the data is. People won't give me the data, mm -hmm. right? I don't have it consolidated in a clear place. Yep. Well, you, you really can't um, take that. You know, you got to push through that. Yep. But there are ways that even without data, you can start to feed your engine. Yeah. So today, right now, we're just going to bring you one example of how you can start to build a list um, outside of those ways that we just mentioned. So Dave, why don't you start us off here? Yeah. So we've talked about this in previous episodes, but it's the idea of building a retargeting list with a social network like Facebook. Yeah. So in case you haven't listened, you do want to go back and listen to those episodes. You can find them on iTunes or Stitcher or on our website. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to summarize here for you. So basically what you're doing, you have a website. Uh, probably all of you who are listening have some form of a website, or maybe you have multiple websites. And the idea of retargeting is that you can take a small piece of code that, let's say Facebook in this example, um, provides you and place that in your website. And what that does then is as people interact with your website, Facebook behind the scenes will start to build a list of those people so that you can then target them with ads. Yeah, and here's the thing about building a retargeting list. Right now, you have people coming to your website. Like You've, right now. Like this exact second. You've yeah. been having people come to your website. And so a lot of times we already know that most people are not going to convert. People are maybe not going to fill out a form. And so there's tons of people that you are not connecting with by not building a retargeting list. So it doesn't cost anything to immediately put that snippet of code in and start to basically build a um, list and generate a total list of people that are on there. And it doesn't cost anything to do that. To no, get the sir. code from Facebook, to insert it into your website, maybe you need to pass it to your webmaster or somebody who knows what they're doing. But you can do that right now. Build that help. list. What? We can help. Yeah, we can help you. I thought you were speaking another language there nah. for a second. <laughs> so now let's take this idea one step further and imagine you're already doing some form of light email campaigns or direct mail campaigns. You're driving traffic to your website. And as you said, McKenzie, not everybody who visits our websites end up doing the thing that we want, right? right? So with retargeting, think about this now for a moment. If you've got that snippet of code in your website and you have driven somebody to that landing page or to that website and they leave or they bounce without doing what you want them to do, with retargeting now, you can go out after them and engage them when they're in a better spot or maybe when they have more time to actually engage with mm -hmm. you. 
So give us an example of what that might look like. All right. So I'm going to give you an example. Let's say I am browsing on the internet and Dave is looking at me like he's just so excited. <laughs> I will use the shoes example. I'm not currently searching for shoes. So okay. everyone who's heard that, just give me a break. Send her uh, a pair of shoes. Uh, ooh, I'm I'm open to <laughs> yeah, that. She's that, down would, for that. I'm down for some new <laughs> shoes. But anyways, okay. So let's say I am Saturday morning on my computer looking at some shoes. Maybe they're Nikes. I'm into tennis shoes and workout clothes. Um and then I realize, oh, no, I'm going to go to the farmer's market. And so I leave my house. I pick up my phone. What do I do? First thing, go on. Facebook? Yep, probably. Uh, we know that most people do. So I'm walking from my my room or my house to the elevator. I'm on Facebook. And guess what? That ad for the Nike shoe that I was looking at in my house is now on my mobile phone. So wait, just make sure people understand that. So with retargeting, you can be followed across devices. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Yep, that's so what I'm saying. you were so using your computer, computer in your house? You I leave. put that down. You picked up your cell phone. Mm -hmm. It recognizes me. And now that Nike ad is following me to my telephone device as I walk to my elevator. Right. Well, guess what? I get in my elevator. I go downstairs. Internet loses access. And um, I leave. And then I go to the farmer's market. I spend my day. Completely forget about the shoes. Maybe they're in the back of my mind, though. Okay. And then... <laughs> Are you at the farmer's market the whole day? Uh, no, just a few <laughs> hours, though. Okay. But if you've been to San Diego and you go to the farmer's market. It's not just like a place with oh, fruits it's a, and vegetables. it's an experience. It's a whole experience. Okay. Yeah, it's really lovely. And if you are ever in the San Diego area, please let me know because I can recommend some places to go. But anyways, so I go spend my day, do whatever I do. Maybe I go on a bike ride. Then eventually I go home and I'm in my bed. I'm on my iPad doing a little bit of work. And I go on Facebook. And <laughs> you throw that in for me? No. I <laughs> okay. mean, what is that not a fair, no, true. A fair assessment of what true. we're doing on that the weekend? That is very true. Do a little work. And then I see that Nike shoe ad again. Yep. And by this point, you know what? I've thought about the Nike shoes all day. And they've gotten me on three different devices. So that computer and my mobile phone now on my iPad. Yep. I'm sitting in my, my bed and I have a few moments and I'm probably going to complete that purchase. And so with retargeting, the company gives you the opportunity to be followed around so that they can hopefully get you to engage with them. So again, to just put this in context, we're talking about what do you feed your lead gen machine? You feed it with data. You filled it with a list of customers, with prospects. If you hear the objection or heck, even if you don't hear the objection that, hey, we don't have access to this data, you can use retargeting to do exactly what you just described, McKinsey. Yep. So it works in B2C scenarios, like the one you mentioned, as well as in B2B. B2B. Yeah, we, we use it. All the time, B2B scenarios. In fact, some of you probably experienced that. Yep. So that's the idea of retargeting. Include that snippet in your website or in any web asset. Really, you'd be foolish not to put into every web asset because you're just missing out on the opportunity. Finish listening to this episode and then go figure out how to do it yeah, right now. Yeah, do it now. right now. Or send us an email if you need help. Yep. Okay, so that's the first thing uh, that, that we recommend you do. The next is to build a targeted account list of folks that you want to engage. So tell us about that idea, Mackenzie. Yeah. So what you want to do is create a target list of companies that fit your ideal customer profile. And so these are basically your dream wish of companies that you want as your client. So maybe going back to the previous episode that we were talking about, um, some of those top 50 companies that use direct mail yep. or whatever it that is. That was in the last episode, yeah, right? The last, yeah, the mm -hmm. last episode. Mm-hmm. And so you want to start to build your target account list. And there's a few different ways that you can do that. And we're going to give you some tools that we use internally, which we found um, have been really helpful. Just to give you a sneak peek, we're going to go into LinkedIn and Sales Intelligent. We'll then talk about Clearbit to enrich your data. 
And then we'll talk about target audiences using Facebook and LinkedIn. And again, these things don't cost a lot of money. Nope. Some of them are free or next to free. Mm-hmm. So if you're cost conscious and you're thinking about, oh my gosh, what Dave and McKinsey are talking about is going to drive costs through the roof. No, Mm-mm. they're not. These are things that you have access to and you can start using right away. So the first is LinkedIn. LinkedIn Correct. is a very, very powerful tool for building lists. So mm-hmm. tell tell the listeners, McKinsey, how do we use LinkedIn to build lists? So how we use LinkedIn to build lists is we go in there and obviously we know there's, I think, over 350 million. Correct. Um companies or excuse me users of linkedin so professional people that are on linkedin yep, basically very professional <laughs> basically a gold mine of yeah. people that you want to connect with totally. at some of these companies when we just said right now okay think about who you want to go after well if you want to go after abc corp you need to go after people right you're not just sending them emails to the company itself or sending a direct mail or to, hey anyone at abc corp please listen to me um and so what you can do is go into linkedin and use the search function to start to segment the data that they have in there. So let's say you want to look for healthcare professionals that are CEOs, CMOs, basically C-level people. You can search in LinkedIn, use the criteria on the left-hand side. If you start to uh, segment based on people, you'll see titles, you'll see sizes of companies, you'll see different things. Once you have those people and you're like, okay, there's John S. at ABC Corp. He's the CEO. Yes, I want to talk to him. You can use this tool called Sales Intelligent. Sales Intelligent. It's a plugin. And we'll put a list of these in the blog post so that you can actually see what this looks like, but then also know how to get them. On the right-hand side, Sales Intelligent will pull up and basically all the names that you see on the list that you've created are there. And all you need to do is click Add. And what does that do, Dave, when you click add? So it adds it to a CSV list that you can then import into your CRM or feed right into your lead gen machine. And what that means is it's not just adding the name, it's adding their email address. Sales Intelligent allows you to get email addresses and contact data for the people in LinkedIn. So now you could do this manually, right? You could go and sit in front of LinkedIn. You could say, all right, I want to find healthcare companies. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I did this search and and healthcare comes back with 6.7 million people. So you may not want all of them. You may want to refine that, but that's a great list. Now, mm-hmm. you could take it manually. You could do some copy and paste, and you could try to figure out their email addresses and take time in doing that. And it takes time. We've tried it. We've oh, done yeah. it before. We've done it multiple different Until ways. Until we realized, you know what, we need to get started. There's here. a better way. Yep. So the better way, one of the better ways is sales intelligent. And there's a, a variety of different tools like that. Sales there's Loft. Sales Loft. Uh, yeah, there's a number of different tools um, yep. that you can use. Basically, what it's doing is it's it's sensing all of the people that are on the page. It's building a nice little list of those people for you with one click you can export them out so we'll put a snapshot of that in the show notes and we'll also provide a link to that company yeah and by the way just to give you guys a note we're not sponsored in any way by any of these companies these maybe we should be are you listening (laughs) y'all we we probably should be but these are (laughs) just companies that we use that we found are helpful to us are there other companies out there who do this kind of stuff absolutely um but we're in no way connect affiliated or connected with them and these are just things that we use internally so just want to let you guys know that now that you have a list of leads, what do you want to do with that list? Well, sometimes you want to enrich that data. You need more information to figure out how many employees do they have. How to talk to them. How to talk to them. Yeah. So there's a number of tools that we use to enrich our data as we feed our lead gen machine. One of them is called Clearbit. So what does that do, McKenzie? So Clearbit basically allows you to enrich, like Dave said, the data. So that gives you maybe their someone's LinkedIn profile. It gives you their email address. Maybe it gives you their... Um, blog post or, you know, different data points on them that you can utilize to start to connect with them more relevantly. Yeah. So with just an email or a domain name, Mm -hmm. a a URL for a company, you can get a whole bunch of information about people. 
about companies. Very helpful as you're prospecting. And by the way, this Clearbit links into uh, Salesforce. So if you do have a CRM, Clearbit seamlessly integrates into it so that when you open up a lead or a contact record, there's a little area there that shows you the enriched data. And we've been utilizing, I know our sales team reaches out to people and they use it. Instead of having to go search the internet, okay, I want Joe Manos and I'm going to search the internet for him. I'm gonna Everybody try to, wants Joe Manos. <laughs> I'm going to try to find his LinkedIn. I'm going to try to see if he has any other blogs. I'm going to see how many employees um, the company that he works at. Well, it gives you all that data right there. Okay, so just to reorient you to where we are, we're talking about how you're feeding your lead gen machine, right? And right now we're feeding it with targeted accounts. Those are the ones that were just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till we have so-and-so as a customer. Please be my customer. Exactly. So the next step with that target account list is you can take it into something like Facebook. That's the example we're going to use today and mm -hmm. LinkedIn. Mm. And you can start to create a target audience in Facebook and LinkedIn that's comprised of the people who work for those companies. Right. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So let's say you're looking to target folks who work for a bunch of media companies. Okay. Let's say you're looking for Mashable, New York Times, Inc. Magazine, those types of things. Maybe printing impressions. Sure. Printing impressions would be great. Um, any one of these periodicals. You can go into Facebook and create a target audience where Facebook gives the ability to say, hey, I want to target everybody who's employed by one of those companies that we mentioned. Amazing. So I'm going to type it up real quick right now here on my computer. And it comes back with 5,600 people who work at those companies. Wow. So on Facebook, even though you don't have that list of data, Facebook's saying, hey, we have that list. Do you want to put an ad in front of them? Yes, so, so with both Facebook and LinkedIn, you can target by employer or company that these people work for and use that to then create very targeted ads to start to interact with those individuals at those companies. Yeah. So I have a question. It said you have about 5,600 people. Are you able to then drill down any further or do you have to get everyone? Yeah, that's a good question. So let's say that's everybody who works at all of those companies. And let's say you only want certain titles. Yeah. You want people who work in marketing or maybe you want C-level executives or you want developers, whoever you're looking for. You can then refine that by job title or job responsibility. Awesome. Really, really incredible. Really cool. So you can do that in Facebook. We also suggest you do that in LinkedIn. LinkedIn's got, like you said, McKinsey, around 400 million uh, professionals on there. Build out your targeted account list on both LinkedIn and Facebook. And now you can start to not only call those individuals, send them emails, right, but also start to create subtle brand impressions uh, for them on Facebook and LinkedIn. So in case people aren't familiar with where that appears in LinkedIn, where do you see those? Yeah, so Campaign Manager is what the ad platform within LinkedIn is called. And if you've ever gone through LinkedIn and started scrolling down, you notice all of the different posts that people that you're connected with are posting. Uh -huh. um, now, intermittent and dispersed within those posts are what we call uh, newsfeed content ads. And you can see it does say sponsored, um, but people can post content there and typically it's relevant to you. So you'll, you know, one that we've, I, I always get different data points on marketing or research studies that are done. Um, so you can put them in the newsfeed, but then also on the side panel as well as the top, there's different places where you can start to place ads in front of people. So we'll include this in the show notes as well. I'll give you a little snapshot. So if you want to get educated on mm -hmm. what's an ad and, and what kind of control do you have, we'll show you some snapshots there. But again, you can do this all yourself. You can create those sponsored updates that McKinsey talked about. You can create those text ads all yourself. You can do all of those through LinkedIn. So for today, that's where we're going to stop with the lead gen machine. Just to Ooh, recap. Lots yeah, of information. Lo lots of information. 
Just to recap, you build your lead gen machine and feed it data. Yep. And you're feeding it customer data, you're feeding it prospect data, you're feeding it targeted companies that you want to go after. And then you use this process that we've described here to begin to um, get your machine up and running. I was going to say, yeah, and this is all after you've decided what is the product or service that you want to specifically feed with the That's lead right. gen machine. That's right. And so now that this is up and running, the next step is going to be attracting those individuals to start to interact with you. Honeypot? Honeypot, baby. That's what we're going <laughs> to do in the next episode. So make sure to come back. And hey, if you're finding this information useful, uh, drop us a comment on the blog. Let us know if you have questions. Subscribe uh, via iTunes or Stitcher. Leave us reviews. Yeah, we really love your feedback. It's it's what fuels us to create these episodes. And yep. you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when we record these episodes, it's the best day of the week. It is. Is that right? I love it. It's, it's a great time. So we love doing this stuff for you guys. Uh, let us know what else we can do to help. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Talk to you soon. All righty. Bye-bye.